0: Shalom and welcome to this Northern Fire podcast. The title of this message is The King is Coming, Part 2. The King being Yeshua, the Messiah, the Savior, Emmanuel, who came the first time to planet Earth to be the sacrificial lamb and to set up his kingdom through his Holy Spirit, who's coming again, having prepared a place for us to judge and make war and rain. In my first podcast on this topic, The King is Coming, I talked about how Yeshua is coming to planet earth in such a way that we won't miss him. He's coming with power and glory on the clouds with the angels. It will be like lightning that flashes across the sky. We'll know when he comes. He's coming in response to our prayers. He is listening for us to be on the earth saying, Come, O King, come, O King. You can listen to The King is Coming, Part 1, and under Northern Fire on Spotify, Anchor.fm, or Google Play. The King is Coming. Yeshua is Coming Back to Planet Earth. Let me read to you from Revelation, Chapter 19, beginning with verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened, And behold a white horse, and he who sat on him is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of Elohim. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, Followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. In here we see our Savior, Yeshua, riding forth with great glory. He's coming to earth as the word of Elohim as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, crowned with many crowns. And he's coming for three things, according to the scripture. Number one, he's coming to judge. Number two, he's coming to make war. And number three, he's coming to rule and reign on planet earth. Saints, this is what human history has been longing for. Someone to come in righteousness. Someone to come with great authority someone to come in the name of Jehovah, to judge, make war, and reign. In fact, it is what each of us in our generation are longing for. Now this reminds me of the scene in the book by C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. The four children from earth, Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy, enter Narnia for the first time. Narnia is a magical land, different from our own, where animals speak and all manner of things come as a surprise to these four children of earth. When these children enter Narnia, it is winter, and they meet Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, who tell them The white witch has cast a spell over all Narnia, which makes it always winter and never Christmas. Always winter and never Christmas for over a hundred years. The beavers go on to say, We have promises that the lion will return and spring will come again. We've even heard reports that the lion is on the move the lion being the main character here, the, the Messiah character, the Savior character, Aslan. In the book, Aslan does return to Narnia. There's judgment, there's war, and Aslan the lion begins to rule in Narnia with Peter, Edmund, Susan, and Lucy. For a moment, think about Always crisp always winter and never Christmas, always winter but never spring. Always a a, a foreboding of darkness and cold and not, not life and harvest. Yeshua said in Matthew twenty four twelve, In the last days lawlessness will abound, and the love of many will grow cold. We are living this prophecy now. the United States. Our enemy, it's not a white witch, it's the devil, Lucifer, and his principalities have cast a spell and a curse over the United States of America. It mostly comes to us through the power that is found in the abortion industry, the power for evil to bring a curse on our nation. But essentially, it's what Yeshua said, lawlessness has begun to abound everywhere we look. It's like It's always winter in America now. I was born in 1964. My life has seen an accelerated advance of lawlessness. In the 60s, we saw rebellion among young people and the sexual revolution. It gave birth to much lawlessness. In the 70s is when abortion was legalized by a few men through the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C., this, this opened the door to all manner of other bloodshed. I believe the sowing to abortion in the 70s has led to all these mass killings we've seen in the last 30 years. Then in the 80s and 90s, the 1980s and 1990s, greed and lust came, forward, came forth. Greed and lust were no longer sins, to be fought against, but now we began to admire people who were greedy and longing for money and the things of the flesh. Now, since the year 2000, I see that we are in the time of lies and manipulation. Lies and manipulation in abundance. We cannot count on the media or the government or our schools to tell the truth. And exactly as Yeshua prophesied, the love of many has grown cold. Even Christians, even churches throughout America, the love of many has grown cold. Yeshua said this, greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. In the first half of the 20th century, our nation saw two world wars and a great depression. People of faith laid down their lives for the good of others. People of faith laid down their lives for our country and for freedom and liberty. That is rare today. It is like it is always winter and never springtime in America today. In fact, the question I have for you, has your love grown cold? Is it time for you to stir up your love? your love for your father and your love for Yeshua. Now I want to say this just as in the book The Lion, The Witch and the Wardrobe where there was a spell on Narnia and it was always winter there was a decree that the King would return and spring would come again and that is the decree of our Savior who promised us he would come again. The King is coming. And in fact, even now, our King, Yeshua Messiah, is on the move. And when he comes, he will judge, and he will make war, and he will reign. Now, I'm primarily giving this message today for us to hope and rejoice and stay focused. I'm not necessarily coming up with things you need to do. This is a time for us to be rejoicing. This is the time for us to be staying focused. This is the time for us to be sharing this message of hope with others. Number one, when Yeshua returns, he's returning for judgment. Now, judgment for believers is a judgment for eternal reward. We do not earn our salvation salvation, forgiveness, eternal life comes to us by grace through faith alone. It was all accomplished by Yeshua. However, eternal reward is based on what we do. In Matthew 6, Yeshua said this, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. And in Revelation 22, Yeshua says, I'm coming again quickly and I, my reward is with me to give to each one according to his works." And I simply want to repeat this. We're not saved by our works. We're saved by grace through faith in Yeshua. We are in Ephesians 2.10, it says, we're recreated, we're reborn for good works, which Father has prepared in advance for us to walk in these good works. And we are rewarded according to our works. I, I want to be very clear on that. We need to separate uh, salvation by grace from rewards. However, judgment for the unbeliever is for eternal punishment. In Romans two five, Paul wrote that those who are enemies of God are storing up or treasuring up for themselves the wrath of God. So, the coming of Yeshua is not looked forward to by unbelievers. It is not a time of hope and rejoicing for them. It is a time of despair. It's a time for them to come under the final wrath and judgment of God. Now, now Yeshua told this parable in Luke 16. And I want to read this to you just to show you what this is, to confirm this to you and show you what this is like in Luke chapter 16, uh, verse 19. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. Yeshua is giving this testimony and I believe since he's using a name here, Lazarus, that this is not a parable, that this is actually something that had happened. There is torment for this man who was not a man of faith, who was an enemy of God, who sought the things of this world. And there is comfort and reward for Lazarus, who obviously was a man of faith, even though he was poor and had nothing on this earth. This is the coming judgment. This is the coming separation of our Savior, Yeshua. And so, if we're identifying ourselves with Lazarus, if we're identifying ourselves of those who have walked the earth as disciples of Yeshua, who've stored up treasures in heaven, who have lived for our Father, then this coming time of judgment is the time for us to rejoice that our comfort has finally arrived. The King is coming, and the King is coming to judge, and the King is coming for war. And I want you to know that this is a unique war because we who love him and know him will follow him on white horses, as I read there from Revelation 19, but we won't be fighting. Let me continue on here uh, in Revelation 19, verse 16. And you'll see what this war is like. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies, gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army then the beast was captured with and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image these two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the thro- on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh there's a great battle armies gather together in this place on planet earth and we see this beast who is a demonic being and a false prophet who's a human empowered by the beast we see kings of the earth we see all manner of people who are have taken the mark of the beast who worship his image and have taken their side against the living god jehovah and we see The beast and the false prophet captured, and the others killed. And they were killed with the sword that went forth from the mouth of Yeshua. There's no fighting here. There's no prolonged battle. It's a moment in time when these things happen. Uh, The beast and the false prophet thrown into the lake of fire, and the rest were killed with the word, with the voice, with the sword that went forth from our Messiah. The king is coming, beloved, and this is the time for us to see the great and final victory. It's the thing that we've longed for. Look, this beast and this false prophet and these kings and these people who are enemies of Yeshua, they have been having their way on planet Earth. They have been seeking to enslave us and to take away our liberties and to silence us and They have had success in doing so for all the ages of the earth from Adam and Eve until now. And all the earth and all of history and we in our generation were longing for this final battle. And when we see it, we will be with him and we will rejoice. This is a time for us to look forward to. In fact, this is a time for us to hasten with our intercession by crying out for the king to come and judge and the king to come and make war upon his enemies. And then, thirdly, the king is coming to reign. Elohim's command to Adam was clear. Be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth, and rule over the earth. Rule over the fish, and the animals, and the birds of the air. Rule the earth. And also, underlying in that command to Adam was rule over the demonic realm. Take dominion over planet earth. And now we see that the first Adam fell and was unable unable to do that. And the last Adam, Yeshua, will rule the earth as Father always intended from the creation from Adam and Eve being placed on this planet. Father has always intended that His Son would rule this planet and His Son will rule this planet. The last Adam who became a life-giving spirit will rule this planet. Let me read to you from Zechariah chapter 9. What an awesome word of God here. Uh, Zechariah 9 verse 9. It says, And here's my exhortation to you as I'm speaking this message about the king is coming. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Now this was written most likely five to six hundred years before Yeshua came. Think about that. This prophet is prophesying this five to six hundred years before it was fulfilled. And he's saying, Rejoice! Rejoice now, daughter of Zion! Shout, daughter of Jerusalem, your King is coming to you. He wanted his people to rejoice that the King would come someday. It may not have even been in their lifetime. The exhortation is here, Rejoice! Your King is coming! He is just and having salvation. "'Lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt the foal of a donkey.'" Now, he came the first time riding on a donkey, humble, to die, to shed his blood, to be the sacrificial lamb, to bring forth resurrection life. He's coming the second time, as I've been saying today, to judge, to make war, and to rule. Verse 10 of Zechariah 9, "'I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem, the battle bow shall be cut off.' He shall speak shalom to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. And we see a picture here. Verse 9 is his first coming as the lowly suffering servant. Verse 10 is his second coming as, as the king who reigns on the earth, who speaks shalom to the nations and takes dominion. And don't miss the last verse there. His dominion will be from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. It, it's it's happening, it's slowly happening that the Kingdom of Yeshua is going out to the ends of the earth and He's preparing us to reign and rule with Him. He will take dominion over this planet and He will reign with us. Just as Aslan the Lion reigned and ruled with the the four young people, He will reign and rule with us. And, and it says in Isaiah 32, 1, a king, singular, shall reign in righteousness. Princes, plural, shall rule with justice. To the ends of the earth. I happen to live on Drummond Island. To get to Drummond Island, you travel to the eastern end of the upper peninsula of Michigan. You get on a ferry and detour, and you come a mile across the channel to literally the ends of the earth. The kingdom of Yeshua is here on this island now in part. We believe and we preach the gospel. We are faithful and we intercede and we pray and we exalt him on this island. There's a day coming when the king will reign in fullness and that will be a glorious day. He will reign Michigan's upper peninsula. He will reign on Drummond Island. He will reign throughout the United States. He will reign from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. This is a this is a truth that causes us to rejoice and causes us to hope and causes us to stay focused and to be ready and to prepare our hearts. Now, one last scripture I want to share with you. It's from Psalm chapter 2. Psalm chapter 2 is as up-to-date as the morning headlines. And you will see here, again, the promise that our King will come and reign. Why do the nations rage? The nations are raging throughout the earth today, and the people plot a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. This is happening today. Right now we're seeing it in our country and throughout the earth. The rulers of the earth, the important people, the governors of the earth are setting themselves against Yeshua. They're taking counsel against Jehovah and against his anointed the anointed being Yeshua the Messiah let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us why are they counseling against Jehovah and against Yeshua they don't want they don't want restrictions on their lifestyle they want lawlessness they want to do whatever they want to do in fact they will define god out of existence so that they can do whatever they want to do verse 4 of psalm 2 He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Father's watching this. Father knew that this was coming. Father knew that nations would rage and governments would plot vain things. And he sits in the heavens laughing. Jehovah shall hold them in derision. Jehovah is looking and watching. He's letting this happen. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath. He shall distress them in his great displeasure. Father is getting ready. He's in his mercy giving time for people to repent. And there is coming a day when he shall speak to these kings and these nations and these governors in his wrath. He shall disquiet them. Just as they're seeking to disquiet us, he will disquiet them in his great displeasure. This is all in Psalm 2. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill, Zion. I will declare the decree Jehovah has said to me, you are my son. This is Yeshua, the king. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. This is a messianic scripture. Yeshua will come, and he will receive the nations as his inheritance. And again, the ends of the earth will be his possession in his forbearance in his long suffering in his compassion jehovah has allowed the earth to to be and remain as it is so that people will under his shaking under this oppression they will wake up and repent and turn to yeshua but the day is coming the king is coming when that is going to be done away with and it says you know it says yeshua is not going to he will not reign here with Uh, softness and uh, the thing we might think he's going to reign with a rod of iron he will break the nations like a potter's vessel he's coming to judge he's coming with the wrath of almighty God he's coming to make war he will slay his enemies in this day and he will establish his kingdom on planet earth now in here in Psalm 2 uh It says in verse 7, I will declare the decree. And that's my, it's been my teaching in previous podcasts. And again, you can find these podcasts on Spotify, under Northern Fire, on Spotify, Anchor.fm, and Google Play. Just look in those places under Northern Fire. We are called upon to make decrees that come to pass on planet Earth. And a decree that I have made for years I'm going to close with, and I encourage you to write decrees like this and speak them out over your town, your family, your city, your church, your region, your state. I declare and decree that Michigan, its lands, its waters, and its people belong to Yeshua by right of creation. It is written, the earth is Jehovah's, and all its fullness, the world and everything in it belong to Jehovah." Michigan, its lands, its waters, its peoples, belong to Yeshua by right of identity. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the ruler over the kings of the earth. He is the Son of God ordained to reign. Michigan, its lands, its waters, its peoples belong to Yeshua by right of decree. It is written in Psalm 2 Ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possession, and you shall rule them. Michigan, its lands, its waters, and its peoples belong to Yeshua by right of redemption. It is written, Fear not, I have redeemed you, I have called you by your name, you are mine. God has redeemed us from the powers of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, through whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Yeshua is the image of the invisible God, He's the firstborn over all creation. I've been making this decree over Michigan for many years, and I fully am persuaded that everything that I'm decreeing will happen, and Yeshua, when he comes to earth, he will take possession of Michigan. And my decree and my prayer and my expectation is that our state turns before he comes so that when he comes, Michigan is found among the sheep nations, recorded in Matthew 25. You'll, you'll notice I was quoting several scriptures there. This decree is, is built upon scriptures, the Bible verses, and also mostly here on Psalm 2. So I encourage you, I exhort you, to look up and lift up your eyes. Your redemption draws nigh. I ex- exhort you to rejoice, for the day is coming when Yeshua will reign and He will bring His rewards with Him. I exhort you and encourage you not to be wringing your hands, not to be fearful, not to be doubtful, but be filled with faith and hope and be sharing that faith and hope with others. Start with your family. Uh, Start in the scriptures and share these things with your family and, and help them to realize that what's going on in the earth today was prophesied centuries ago and God's not all upset. In fact, our Father is laughing in heaven. And then also I encourage you and exhort you to write your own decree. Uh, As you read the scriptures, as you're studying, let the Holy Spirit guide you and write a decree so that you're speaking life and you're speaking truth and you're speaking hope and you're speaking into the future of our nation, your life and our nation. Shalom. Shalom.